Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Lord, we thank you today, God. Hallelujah. We praise your mighty name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My notes are gone. Well, this might be a short service. <laughs> oh, there they are. Praise the Lord. Now all I got to do is be able to see them. I tell you one thing, getting old ain't for sissies. I mean, you have to sleep in intervals. Can't even get a full night's sleep. Oh. Uh, if you'll turn in your Bibles, or it may be up there, Ruth chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. Ruth chapter 1, verse 19 through 22 says, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? <clears throat> and she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. And then Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, And Simon begat Booz, of Rechab, which is Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. Lord, we thank you today, God, for your mercy and your grace. We ask that you move in this service this morning, Lord. Let your word do that which it is commissioned to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. First of all, I'd like to give honor to Brother and Sister Grant. Brother Grant, thank you for the honor of letting me preach this morning. <clears throat> Um, I would like to preach or whatever, um, welcome home, welcome home. And the definition of home is the place where one lives permanently, especially a member of a family or a household. And at the end of the day, we are a family, a body of believers it takes all of us to make up the body. And so, 2019, those that are here under the sound of my voice, welcome home. This is God's home. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10, there's a story in there about Paul and Cornelius where uh, Cornelius is a Gentile, Paul being a Jew, shows up because the angel tells him to go there because the angel came to Cornelius and said, send some men to Paul in Joppa. And so they went through all the formalities of all that, and whenever they were all gathered, guess where they were at? They were in Cornelius' house. 
And the reason that I say that is because in my lifetime, in living for God, there's been several instances where people have received the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't in the church house. I know, I know that people that have been praying and repenting and seeking God and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their home. Um, and I just felt impelled and in, in, uh, compelled, not impelled. <laughs> I felt compelled to let somebody know you don't have to come to the front. It doesn't have to, you don't have to receive the Holy Ghost in the normal way. It's an inspiration to the church and to the body when people are filled with the Holy Ghost in the church. But that's not the requirement. The Bible says, whosoever will. And I believe wheresoever will. Wherever you have a will and a desire to receive God's Spirit, that's where you can receive it. You just got to open yourself to God. And um, in my message today, I want to tell a story about me. And uh, I was commissioned to go to work in a foreign country. And some of you are going to be like, a foreign country? I was commissioned to go to work in Aruba. And I know some of you think, oh, that's paradise. Not really, not so much. Because <laughs> on one end is the paradise side, and then on the other end is nothing but pure D hard labor where the refinery's at. And that's where I was commissioned to. But when I got there, so my first time out of the country, woohoo, I'm going to have a good time. I get there. And whenever I get in the line, they give me this letter to give to the customs agent and tell them what all I'm supposed to be doing and what I'm here for. And when I told them, I thought, you know, hey, it's not going to be no big deal. They weren't happy. They were not happy some American was coming to their country to take one of their jobs. And they said, they snatched the letter out of my hand, and they said, you go to that room right there. And I'm like, okay. I walk in the room, and there's guys standing there with M16s strapped across them, and I'm like, whoa. He said, have a seat right there. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> However, I knew that I was commissioned to be there. So I was okay. I mean, was there a little bit of doubt and fear? Absolutely, especially whenever I finally got everything cleared, and they finally gave me my letter back and said, get out of here. When I walk out the airport doors in this foreign country, nobody's there to pick me up. The guys had forgot about me. <laughs> and um, I, I learned that there are customs and there are situations that I had to learn while I was in Aruba. It's not America. And so there are different things that I had to learn there. But being there was a blessing to me. And all I had to do was obey their laws and their customs. And you say, what does that have to do with, with what you're preaching? Now, it's the same way with us living for God. When we come to God, when we get into the house of God, when we incorporate ourselves into the family of God, there are certain things, laws, traditions, customs that we don't understand because all that we've been serving all of our life is the flesh. Now you come into the house of God, you're serving the things of the Spirit, the things of God. And so 
there are things that we must learn. There are things that we must be taught. There's things that we must be compelled by. It is not by chance that this is our home. God doesn't leave things to chance. God has a will and God has a purpose. God calls an individual and that individual either rejects the call or he answers the call. In scriptural examples, Matthew 22 and 14, it says, Many are called, but few are chosen. John 15 and 19, it says, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And he goes on to say, Don't worry about the world hating you, because they hated me first. And if we're going to be an example of him, there is rejection from the world if we decide to be in the house of God and dwell in the house of God. So I want to use in uh, the book of Ruth, <clears throat> I want to, that's what I want to preach from this morning. And Ruth was married to Elimelech. I mean, Naomi was married to Elimelech, and they had two sons. The one's name was Milan, and the other one was Chilon. And um, I, I, I like calling him Chilean. <laughs> but Ch- Chilon, or whatever, Chilon, really is how it's spelled. Chil O N, Chilon. So that's a pretty cool name. Anyway, they leave Israel because it was a difficult time, there was a famine. And guess where they moved to? They moved to Moab. They moved to a place of worldliness. And this is your home. You're not here this morning by circumstance. You're here because this is your home. And we, the body of Christ, are saying to you this morning, welcome home. You might have gone out. You might have went somewhere for a little hiatus. You might have wandered away from God. But welcome home in 2019. Hallelujah. Anyway, so, you know, there are circumstances that happen in our life when we make decisions, when we make choices. And so they're dwelling in Moab. And uh, so Naomi with Elimelech and their two sons, they're dwelling there. And Elimelech dies. How unfortunate. And then they marry each a daughter of the Moabites, which is forbidden by the Israeli law back in the Deuteronomy and Leviticus times. God didn't want them to be unequally yoked and they they married Moabites and both the sons died. That's why uh, uh, Naomi was saying, no more call me Naomi, but call me Mara because I went out full and I've come back empty. I've lost all that I had. And so we see in the story as it develops, there's these two Moabite women that they married, one named Ruth and I forgot the other one's name, Oprah. Hope uh, something, I don't know, I don't remember. But anyway, she goes back. So she does, she's not relevant in this story anyway. <laughs> but really, so Naomi hears that the famine is gone from the, the, the Israel. And so she takes her two daughter-in-laws and she's starting to make a trek to go back to Israel. And the one daughter, and finally she looks at them and she turns to them, Orpah, that was her name, Orpah, like a opal or, or something, I don't know, almost like Oprah, but no, it has a P in it. <laughs> and um, Naomi, she des- desires to turn home, and then she looks at her daughter-in-laws, 
And she says, I don't have anything to offer you. I don't have anything that I can give you. I can't give you another son to marry, to have a husband, to continue on in your life and do the things, you know, that, that, that are a blessing to you and having children and being cared for and being loved. You need to go back to Moab and, and go and do that. And, and Orpah, she returns. But notice what Ruth does. Ruth, at that moment, looks at Naomi and she makes a commitment. And when we make a commitment, when we come to God and we make a commitment, God honors that commitment. Ruth 1 and 16 through 18 says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, thy God shall be my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do do so to me, and more also, if aught be death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. If you read that portion of Scripture, she thought of every reason, every excuse, every everything that you could imagine to discourage them to go back to Israel with them. And, and I'm sure that there, there are those that are fought, have been fought and, and are fighting today. Oh, you don't need to go to that church. You don't need to go back to that church. You don't need to go there any longer. You need to find you a new home. You need, But let me admonish you this morning if you will make a commitment to God because this is where you belong. How do you know that, Brother Myers? Because I feel like that God has anointed me to let you know this is your home and welcome home. This is where God has placed you and this is where God wants you and God is looking for you to make a commitment because God has made a commitment to you. When you make a commitment to God, God will stand by you. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain with the Lord. The Lord is on your side when you're steadfast, when you're unmovable, whenever you are walking with God and you are abiding in the things of God. God is on your side. You may see a whole bunch of things indifferent to what God sees them. But let me give you an assurance this morning. If you're on God's side, God's on your side. And you are welcome in this place because you are at home. Hallelujah. As our text so stated, when they arrived home, Naomi was somewhat uncomfortable. And sometimes when when you return somewhere or you are in a place of, of, of loss, you're in a place of discouragement, you're in a place of perplex, 
being perplexed, you're in a place of trials or tribulations, you might feel uncomfortable in the place that you're in. But let me assure you of one thing, that Naomi made the right decision when she decided to go home. And you've made the right decision today in 2019 to come home. And God is happy and the body of Christ is happy and we're rejoicing, hallelujah, to see you here. You see, she she wishes to be called Mara. I explained that to you, how she went in full and she came back empty. And here is Ruth. Here is Ruth. She's in this place. It's a new home for her. She don't know nothing about this place. There's nothing that she understands about it. She she doesn't understand the laws. She doesn't understand the heritage. She doesn't understand the traditions of Israel. But let me assure you of one thing. I didn't understand them when I came into the church. But as God began to work on me and God began to reveal those things to me, they are not things that imprison you. They are privileges and they are blessings. And let me admonish you this morning to learn of God and to learn of the things of God, to learn of the laws and the customs and the traditions and the and the heritage of the church. And it will be a privilege and it will be a blessing unto you. Because you see, here is Ruth and here is Naomi in this foreign land. She's come back after being gone for some time and she feels uncomfortable. Ruth doesn't know how to function and doesn't know how to operate in this system and in this place. And she's uncomfortable. How do they provide for themselves? How do they make ends meet from day to day? How do they eat? Where do they live? What do they do? God took care of them. And when you come back to God and you commit yourself back to God, God will take care of you. Hallelujah. So they must learn how to survive. And I'm certain there was fear, there was anxiety, and probably even hopelessness. I hope that's mine because I'm fixing to drink it. So you wonder, how do they survive? Hold on. They follow the teachings of the land the laws, the heritage, the traditions, and they those things provide them with privileges and with blessing. Ruth goes to the field to glean and to gather. And so what what is that? What what exactly is that? So in Leviticus 19 and 9 and Leviticus 23 and 22 and Deuteronomy 20 24 and 19, this button is killing me. Who invented ties? Are laws that were put in place to help the poor and the elderly. In the law of gleaning, the custom was that as the reapers would go through the field, and whatever they dropped out of their hands, they had to leave. If they were finished reaping for the days, then what if they had forgot a bushel of wheat laying in the field or a bundle, they could not return to pick it out. 
They had to leave the corners. They couldn't harvest the corners. And you might say, why is that? Because it was a law and a tradition so that the, the elderly and the widowed and the poor could go behind the reapers as they rep, reaped in the field, and whatever fell down, they could gather that. And as they gathered that, they could take that home and beat it out and thresh it, and then it would give them food. And so here is Boaz. And, and I mean, here is, here is Ruth, and she looks at Naomi and she says, you know, I know that the law says blah, blah, blah after they had been there a while and I'm going to go behind the reapers and I'm going to reap. And so Naomi says, go out. So she goes out and how does she go? Where does she go? Is it circumstance? No, it's the divine will of God. She finds herself in Boaz's field. Who is Boaz? Boaz is a kinsman to Naomi. And as... Uh, uh, Boaz casts his eye on Ruth he begins to tell the reapers drop a little more and then he goes to her and says you can come up and you can drink with my servants you can eat with my servants and, and he tells them make sure that she has plenty to reap from and so at the end of the day she goes home with this, this amazing harvest that she's uh, received and she goes back to Naomi, and Naomi says, where did, you, where did you go, and what field did you glean in? And she said, I've gleaned in the field of Boaz. And Naomi perks up, and she says, go back there again tomorrow. And so Naomi begins to realize that God hasn't forsaken her. God is still with her. And God hasn't forsaken you. God is still with you. All you did was come back to the house where God is dwelling. And God is wanting to wrap his arms around you. And God is wanting to love on you. And God doesn't want you to go somewhere else. For those of you that's been here, God says this is your home. I don't know why I'm preaching this. I don't have a, a clue or an inkling. All I know is somebody needs to understand this is your spiritual home and you are welcome here because God said so and the body of Christ said so. Hallelujah. So Naomi begins to contemplate and begins to see the blessings of God. And she wants to pass the blessings of God on to Ruth for marriage and care for her. And she again turns to her and says, there is a custom. There is a, a way in our land, in our place, which you can make a difference. Again, the blessings of the things of God, the laws, the principles, the things that God lays up before us. So many times we think, oh, we can't do this and we can't do that. No, no, God places them there for a reason and a purpose. You may not be reaping the full benefits of it, but you are reaping from it. You just may not realize it. And here is a couple that really truly needed it. And how do you think that they feel if those custom and laws had been pushed aside? This church is built on the things and the principles of God. And why do we do that? Because we know within them 
are the blessings of God, are the favor of God, are the things of God. It's not to make somebody feel uncomfortable. It's not to push people away. It's not to say you can't do this or you can do that and da-da-da-da-da and so on and so forth. What it is, it's based on biblical principles and the things of God. Whatever God deems. And so Ruth... Naomi instructs Ruth in Ruth chapter 3, verse 7. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly, Ruth did, and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And what she did is she laid down at the feet of Boaz. And you may say, well, what? what that's odd. Yeah. It is odd, but it was a principle of that time. It was a law of that time. What many scholars, many scholars conjecture on this as to what this symbolic action represents. But the most sensible is that Ruth was indicating, Ruth was indicating that she was willing to serve Boaz, in other words, willing to be under her feet. We find this is this is Ruth renewing her commitment to where she was and the things of God. Whether you are in a, a new to the to peace tabernacle and there is and, and there needs to be a commitment on your life or you've been here a while and you need to recommit your life. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so if you've been here a while, you can also, you need to recommit to God. It's a new year. We're making these resolutions. We're planning out our life. Titus 3 and 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which ye have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Okay, I got the Holy Ghost 20 years ago. I'm good to go forever. No, no, no. You need to renew that in you. You need to find time to get along with God and renew your commitment to God and let God renew you on the inside out. And God will help you, and especially if you're struggling with things, if you're struggling with the principles and the laws and the things that God has set before you and said, hey, don't be doing that and go do this. And when you find yourself recommitting yourself to God, things will happen and transpire in your life and you'll say, oh, this ain't near as bad as I thought it was. But when you resist God and you try to push God away and you try to sidestep God, then yes, it is a struggle and it is, and you do feel uncomfortable and you do feel the conviction of God. And notice, after she recommitted herself, Boaz desires to redeem Ruth and Naomi. How, however, however, there's always a catch, right? However, they are prisoners to another near kinsman. So there's a kinsman, laws, principles, guidance, legacy, all those things that is closer to to Naomi and to Ruth. And that kinsman 
just desires to possess their property. Because once they were given property, if I'm correct here, they, were, they couldn't lose it. And so this kinsman was thinking, well, I'll just get their property. I really don't care about taking care of Ruth, and I really don't care about taking care of Naomi. All I want to do is acquire that property. But Boaz was smarter than the next guy. And Jesus Christ is smarter than sin. Jesus Christ is smarter than our flesh. And he made a way, and he made a, 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 an ability for us to draw near and draw closer to him. You see, our next nearest kinsman is our flesh because I go to sleep wanting to sleep all night, but I'm sleeping in intervals now. Two hours here, wake up, roll over, walk around, kick, get aggravated, throw pillows against the wall, kick the dog, get up, go back to bed, sleep for a couple hours, and I'm not happy. And so our nearest kinsman is our flesh because that's where we dwell. That's where our challenge, that's where our battle is, is in our flesh. Our, and it takes us to be committed to overcome it. God desires to redeem us, but we must first commit to God. Number one, believing in God, trusting in God, giving God everything, repenting, being baptized, the very principles and the things of God that may seem uncomfortable to us, but they are the traditions and the laws that God has laid down, and they are requirements. Titus 2 and 13 says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of great of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. We are redeemed by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is no way about it. And so Ruth and Naomi are attached to this near kinsman, but Boaz outsmarts him. Because he he pretty much well says, oh, are you really, really going to marry a Moabite? And he outsmarts him and ends up being able to marry Ruth and take care of Ruth and Naomi. Notice what Boaz states. This is after she lays at his feet and all that. In, in Ruth 3 and 11. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. You see, God knows why you came home. God understands why you're here today. And he is here to let you know, first of all, welcome home. But second of all, it don't matter what your problem is. It don't matter what your issue is. It don't matter what drove you away. It doesn't matter what you're thinking at night and in the evenings and when you're driving down the road about leaving. God 
is giving you a promise here today. And he's saying, if you'll just commit to me, if you'll do what I want you to do, I'll go ahead and do all that you require. Everything that you need done. Number one, welcome home. Number two, commit. Number three, I'm here for you. Hallelujah. Oh, I lost my glasses. So in closing, God's ways are above our ways. Who knows why God called you? You're probably out there saying, why did God call him to be a preacher and why am I having to listen to that? God provides this sanctuary as your home. But if you will commit, let the Spirit guide you in the laws, the heritage, and the traditions, just as with Naomi and Ruth, He will guide and protect you. You see, who knows? Maybe you can be like Ruth, a Moabite. She wasn't a Jew. But guess where her name was listed? In the lineage of Jesus Christ. You may have not been raised this way. You may not know all the laws and traditions of this way. You may not know that you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Nobody may have ever taught you. But that ain't going to stop God's love. And Ruth was the great-grandmother of David. I think I got that right. She was somewhere there because she begat Obed, Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. And Obed was the father of Jesse. And she, he was a, the, the child of Boaz and Ruth. Hebrews 6 and 17 says, and this is what got me thinking about this scripture, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. Immutable means unchanging over time or unable to change. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. You see, when you come into this house, when you come home, this is a sanctuary. This is a place where we meet with God and we worship God and we come with like-minded individuals to, to glorify and give God our, our praise and our adoration. And when you enter into this place, it's like entering into the veil in the holies of holies. God opens himself up. <clears throat> and notice this, Hebrews 10 and 13, and I'm closing. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful 
that promised. If God has promised you something, if God has is said, hey, I'm going to save your family. I'm going to help you through this situation. I'm going to, I'm going to lead and guide you through this circumstance. And you commit yourself to God. And you give yourself to God. God is faithful. And he cannot lie. Hallelujah. Can we stand together this morning and let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we thank you today, God, for your mercy and your grace and all you do for us, Lord. God, we ask that you keep us throughout this year, God, that your protection would be with us, Lord. God, I pray the blessings of God upon this people today, Lord. God, that you would open up the heavens, Lord, and rain down blessings, God. Lord, that you would open our hearts and our hands, God, that we may give, Lord, of our love and of our compassion Lord, and of our blessings that you have blessed us with this year, God. God, bring in souls, God. Let this place be a city on a hill, God, a light, God, in the midst of darkness, God, a candle shining, God, among a bushel today, Lord. God, we pray and we thank you, God, and we give you glory and honor for all you do, dear Jesus. God, we we glorify you today. Hallelujah. Can we thank him right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for all your blessings today, God. We thank you for your healings today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, God. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Myers. The Lord has met with us today. Sweet presence of the Lord. Anointed word of God.